All right, let's go out to North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Our buddy James Rapine joins us here on 92.3 The Fan. James, how you doing today? What's up, JP? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. I uh, I want to let you know that I, I told everyone in the very first segment, if I, if I won the lottery, I'm going to program a radio station. I'm going to bring in all sorts of people from all across the country and everywhere, and they're going to have to do a radio show in Cleveland. And uh, I said, you're on that roster. I'd pay you a ridiculous amount of money. You would just do radio, but you'd have to live in Cleveland to do so. Are you in? Are you serious? Yeah. Absolutely. All right, good. I'll, I love I, Cleveland. Yes. I mean, I, I, you, I, you did live here at one change point. because I live in Cincinnati. Yeah, I, yeah, I love Cleveland. Okay, I wasn't sure if uh, – I mean, I know you love Cleveland. No. The move – you're Mr. Cincinnati right now. I don't know if my, my big fat lottery paycheck could actually convince you to move and, and take <laughs> you away from Joe Burrow and everything nice in Cincinnati right now. Cincinnati's glowing up big time. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it feels that way anymore. After this past season, I think people are have have certainly changed. Anytime I I go the optimistic route of things, like there's one quarterback active, and maybe that changes in what twelve days, eleven days. Wow, eleven days uh, is Joe Burrow's the only quarterback that's beat Patrick Mahomes in the postseason when it mattered. And people really don't want to hear that right now because he can't throw a football yet. So we'll see. But <laughs> I mean, I I can imagine this year was not great to cover. The, the team uh, you had such high expectations and then you know it's I was good I, I think fans were just let out you know fans were yeah. just really bummed but to me it was a really interesting year because anytime you thought they were kind of out of it or done they rallied and even after Burrow got hurt when you thought they'd be picking top 10 and would be talking about the draft and they win three straight and are in the playoff mix until week 17 which is pretty good because I've covered a lot of teams that weren't in the playoff mix for months going into, you know, going into Thanksgiving. So, well, and the Jake Browning thing was fascinating. I remember when he made his, his first actual appearance, uh, the, and like in the season and he looked miserable. I I think he got in there at halftime or right before halftime or something like that. And then he looked miserable up until the final drive of the game. And it looked awesome. And it was like, well, where did this come from? And I, I remember making a bet against him the following week, being like, that was just lightning in a bottle. And no chance he's doing that again. And then I believe it was the Steelers game the week following, and then he just he just went to town. He showed me some things. He was really good. Yeah, I, I think the, the the blessing in disguise of, of that, and they obviously don't make the postseason in that stretch and get a worse draft pick and all those things that you look at that the team in the moment they're not looking at and they don't care about. You have a backup quarterback now. That's decided, and he's going to be cheap next year. He's under control, and so the the Bengals did solve something that I think a lot of people didn't think they had uh, going into what week eleven or week twelve or whenever Joe Burrow got hurt against Baltimore. James Rapine joining us. He's got a million different jobs. That's why I didn't even know which one to say when he came in. Locked on Bengals, locked on NFL, Cincinnati Bengals talk on YouTube. You have a book that you came out with. What is, what is your preferred destination when you do these hits? My goodness. Well, you just named a lot of them. Allbengals.com is still <laughs> probably the, the, the leader. But, yeah, the, those, those other ones are there, too, no doubt. I appreciate it. Oh, I like that you got a favorite. Everyone's got a favorite child. Whether they'll tell you who it is or not, everyone's got a favorite child. Uh, James, I would imagine, you, are you an only child, or did you have brothers and sisters? Only child. I'm very selfish. I was thinking about that. I'm like, I'm sure I would have had that conversation with you at some point. Uh, you would have been the favorite. <laughs> you would have been what's dubbed as the golden child. Uh, but, yeah. Only child works for you. All right, let's get into uh, T. Higgins. 
I played Duke Tobin's comments from earlier today. I I don't know oh. what this means for the Browns, but let's get to the Bengals side of this first. Is T. Higgins going to get franchise tagged, or is there a real chance he hits free agency? If he if he hits free agency, then I, I don't know. I was going to say something off the wall that I'll do, but I'm not going to do that, so <laughs> I'm not going to do it. But, no, he's not going to hit free agency. They'll tag him, and they'll tag him because – wide receiver is as valuable as it's ever been in the history of the NFL. And there's a reason why they'll look at it and, you know, Sauce Gardner tweets that T Higgins should come to New York. And then Deshaun Watson talks on his podcast about, Hey, family ties with the, you know, David Mulligetta. And look, I, I get all that. I do. I also think the Bengals will look at it. And there are a lot of other teams, by the way, that are in on him. The Jaguars would love to get T Higgins this off season. I think the Bengals will look at it and say, okay, we know how valuable he is, but the league wants him. And we don't know, like if you're Duke Tobin, you don't know when you're going to be able to replace him, how you can replace him. So I do think you tag him. The question for me is, are you open to trading him? Do you decide to trade him? Because it's kind of a one-and-done type situation if you do tag him and keep him. That's the interesting part that I think the Bengals should be open to, assuming they can't get a long-term deal done. What do you think happens? I think they'll they'll tag him and keep him because we've kind of seen that before with Jesse Bates. My argument for like six months, I mean, I heck, I, I and I've said this on Locked On Bengals. I told T Higgins this before the end of the season. I said I would tag and trade you if I didn't get a long term deal done because he's he's valuable enough to where I think you could call Carolina, for example, and say we want the thirty third overall pick. You need a receiver. We're going to give you one. He's 25. He's proven he'd be perfect for Bryce Young. We want the 33rd overall pick. And Carolina would probably do it. And if they didn't do it, then I would go to Tennessee with the 38th pick. And then I would go down the line because I'm not sure you can get a first for T. Maybe you can. But I'm not sure you can get a first for him because you're talking about a franchise tag type of cap hit, $21 plus million. And then – a contract extension, obviously, if you're trading for T. Higgins. So I'm not sure if you can get that, like the A.J. Brown type deal, but I think you can get something close enough that would be worth trading him. So that's what I would do. I think they'll keep him for this season on the tag. What what becomes of the Bengals' offense if T. Higgins isn't there? Let's say they do franchise tag him, they trade him, they get that 33rd, 38th overall pick somewhere in there. Is there worry that there'd be a drop-off? Because I, I can make an argument, and I know this would be more like a fool's argument, but I can make an argument that Joe Burrow at LSU had, what, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, which is obviously outstanding, mm-hmm. and then in the pros mm-hmm. has had Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, which is also outstanding. Sure. I think that that those are the discussions you have to have right now because, to me, if you think Joe Burrow needs, and that's kind of what you're asking, does Joe Burrow need T. Higgins? Would he survive all that? And I'm, you know he would, but if you think – your best with Burrow, Higgins, and Chase, well, then just sign to an extension. Pay T what, around what he's looking for and go to the guaranteed money and do it and build your team around the trio. There's no reason mm-hmm. not to. But if you have the discussion and say, look, we don't have to invest this much in T. We can find it elsewhere, whether it's with the 18th overall pick, whether it's a, well, one of these other picks, they have the 49th pick in the set, overall, their second rounder. If you think that it's wide receiver rich enough, to to find a, the the solution there, or maybe you think Calvin Ridley will give you the exact same production at eight million less, or whatever the case is. Well, then go that route, or 
maybe you don't become so wide receiver centric and you completely transition and you, you go to uh, a more explosive running game where you invest in that area, where you invest in the tight ends. Like I, I think they could go a lot of different ways. And that's why last year I was really big on Dalton Kincaid. I was really big on Jameer Gibbs mm-hmm. I, on these playmakers that don't necessarily fit what they've done recently, but they might've been able to turn to now. And so we'll see. I'm not sure exactly which way they go. I think they'll certainly invest in receiver again this offseason, and, and that could be early in the draft. All right, play with me for a second then. You, you gave me some good answers. <laughs> You're not really convinced that he's going to end up anywhere but Cincinnati, and if he does, sure. it's probably a, a team with draft picks, and the Browns don't really have draft picks, but play with me here. Uh, Amari Cooper, yeah. T. Higgins, and David Njoku, how well does it work? It works great because you have a big-bodied – downfield threat like T Higgins that can just go up and get it. You have the route technician in Amari Cooper that can just put opposing corners in a blender. And we saw that, especially late in the year. And then David Njoku had the best season he's had and is just a monster in the middle. And it's kind of a nightmare. And I, I do, I think it makes a ton of sense. I think that's what they should do is continue to try to add weapons that way the the problem would be, you know, would T be available? But no, I mean, if if he did hit free agency, I think the Browns should and would be one of many teams interested. And it does help. And here's the part where if you're a Browns fan, you buy into it because this matters a ton. And I know, JP, I know you know this. The David Mulligetta factor is very real. It's like the clutch factor when you, you hear different players in the NBA tied to the Lakers right now or tied to the Cavs in the past. Guess what? If you're represented by clutch, it's, it's easy to see that path. Well, here, it's easy to see a path where a David Mulligetta client could end up in Atlanta or end up in Cleveland, end up in some of those places where his clients have landed. So I, I would not be shocked at all. And let's be honest here, JP, if he does get tagged and plays out this year, that doesn't mean the Browns can't go after him next year. And, and I, I think that's kind of where some teams should hope to be maybe not the Browns, but some of these teams that, that are hoping to get T Higgins because you might be able to get him next off season for nothing. And that's why if I'm the Bengals, I, I would try to trade him this off season. If you tag him, James Rapine joining us here on the fan, how, how much has the offense changed without Brian Callahan? I know he doesn't call the plays, but we're kind of going through that mm-hmm. right now with Stefanski. He's going to hire an OC, did hire an OC and Dorsey. We don't know if Dorsey's going to call the, the plays or not. I would imagine he doesn't end up calling the plays, but how, go through that setup where you got, the head coach calling the plays, offensive coordinator that's very well respected, respect enough to get a head coaching job, but didn't actually call the plays. Yeah, I think, one, if Dorsey was calling the plays, I think they would have already had to tell him that he was calling the plays. I'd be so surprised. Anyways, from afar, that would be it's my weird. No, Well, they haven't even officially hired him yet, so it's it's a weird situation oh. right now. Yeah, it's like a, like there's a lot that's still oh. kind of in the balance about that whole situation. Like, does If it's up to Stefanski, I know this. If it's up to Stefanski, he's calling the plays. But, uh, James, just being honest with you, I don't know that it's up to Stefanski right now based off of what I'm hearing. Really? God, it it just never – it's always something. Anyway. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't it be up to – anyways. Look, I think losing Brian – A lot of cooks in the kitchen over there in Berea, James. Always, always, man. It's it's tough when there's so many cooks. I I think as far as the Bengals are concerned and losing Brian Callahan, he's such a huge part of what they do. After their – their run to the Super Bowl 
uh, I was talking with Zach Taylor off to the side at, at a pro day, at UC's pro day, which is like two miles from the, you know, Paycor Stadium here in, in Cincinnati. And Zach was like, yeah, really happy we didn't lose the coordinators because they were kind of rebounding from a long season, much longer than they had been used to. And he's like, that would have been, whew, that would have been tough. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of a good problem to have. And he, he's like, no, that would not have been a good problem to have, you know, because they had <laughs> success. So he was really, you know, excited to keep Brian and keep Lou at the time. And then last year, I think he thought, and, and the organization thought they might lose both. And Lou was a finalist. Lou Anaruma was a finalist for the Arizona job. Callahan was in on the Arizona job and then a finalist for the Colts job. And he ends up coming back and they all come back. And so they were pretty prepared for Callahan's departure this year. Everyone knew Dan Pitcher was first in line for that. The timing worked out where you could promote him to offensive coordinator. So I, I think it, they're in as good of shape as they could be, but still losing someone like Brian Callahan, NFL lifer, you know, it's someone that really helped Joe Burrow has helped this offense develop and grow. It, it is a big loss. There's no doubt about it, but I do think they're, the most prepared they've been to lose their offensive coordinator since this, you know, since the Bengals got good in 2021. All right, James, tell people where they can find you the easiest and the best. And don't just say the internet because it feels like you're everywhere on the internet. <laughs> Allbengals.com, the latest T Higgins updates. I, I will have tomorrow. I'm already planning a percentage based article, the percent chance T Higgins hits free agency, the percent chance that the Bengals tag and trade him percent chance they just tag him and keep him all of those things so if you're a browns fan and you're like hey we'll see you hit free agency you'll get the percentage on all bengals.com also the locked on bengals podcast cincinnati bengals talk on youtube and you mentioned the rest i don't want to bore cleveland people too much <laughs> with, uh, with my Bengals stuff uh, you're turning into a real ross tucker over there with all these different things that you have going on uh james i appreciate <laughs> you as always and uh, i'll be looking forward to checking out your percentages tomorrow thank you Thanks, JP. Appreciate you. Right, good stuff right there from our buddy James Rapine on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline.